Scanny and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. everyone welcome back we're at the last episode of season one I don't know where the time has gone but it has been absolutely phenomenal I have loved every minute of recording this season I am so grateful to all of you for tuning in for your ongoing support and to all of my guests as well for coming on and sharing these stories with us I have had such a good time doing this I'll only be taking a small break, so don't panic too much, but I'm really busy at the moment. Lots of other podcasts to produce and currently trying to build a website for the Grown Up Hustle too, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully that should be up and running by the time season two launches. So to finish off the season, we have got Caroline McKenna, the host of A County Down Under, joining us today. Caroline and I were trying to touch base for, I would say, probably about two months and we were just like passing ships in the night, kept missing each other, both have super busy schedules, but we finally managed to tee up a chat. And on today's show, we're talking about the guilt of living overseas. Caroline is based over in Sydney, Australia, and it has been an ongoing theme within her podcasts about the struggles and hardships and the guilt of living abroad. So on today's show, we're sort of talking about how living abroad during the pandemic has been, the struggles that Caroline and other friends have faced during those times, and kind of the guilt, I guess, of seeing how hard it has been for people with in the UK. We talk openly as well about raising kids abroad away from our families, about financial freedom in Australia and how that can actually be detrimental to other aspects of your life and just really the highs and the lows of life as an expat in Sydney as Caroline says in her podcast. So on that note I cannot wait let's get Caroline onto the show today. Hey Caroline, welcome to the show today. Great to have you on. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. It is a real pleasure to be invited on to your amazing podcast and I am so sorry it's taken so long with the time difference and our busy schedules we finally find the time to sit down and have a lovely chat. I didn't think we'd ever manage to tee it up honestly <laughs> it's like those passing ships in the night. So a little bit about you from County Down in Ireland relocated to Australia was it about five years ago I believe? Five years ago nearly six now. Nice and you're a teacher and you're also the host of one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and your podcast is all about life abroad as an expat. Uh, where did I start? How this even happened? I basically moved to Australia five years ago, five and a half years ago now. And I um, just came out here on a whim, didn't know I was going to stay here. I actually booked a return flight because I'd never been so far away from home before. And I just felt like Australia really is at the end of the world. <laughs> um, <is>. So <laughs> I booked a flight out. <laughs> I booked a flight out in October and had a return flight for March. And I remember being here my first few weeks and thinking, how am I even going to make it till March? I'm such a homebird. But Australia has really just suited me from the day and hour I've got here, the lifestyle, the the real 
go out and grab each day and, you know, take each day as an opportunity rather than, God, I've got to get till Friday. I've got to, you know, I hate my job. I hate this. I hate that. Like I was working as a teacher in England and I was really unhappy and I didn't think that I would find that happiness and happiness definitely isn't a, a location, but Australia makes me happy because the weather, for one thing, mm-hmm. um, you wake up early mornings are a big thing over here, which I would never have done back in Ireland. Um, I would have, you know, dragged myself out of bed at 7, 30, 8 o'clock to go to work and I would nearly be crying. And most mornings now I'm awake at 5 a.m. and ready to take on the day. The culture over here is, you know, people really seize each day and you wake up at that time in the morning and people have already done their workout. There's already such a buzz. There's an atmosphere. People are down just to watch the sunrise just because they want to. The coffee shops are open. Uh, guys are already in work. It's such a lovely atmosphere. And here I am five years on. One of the biggest themes that has come through to me in your County Down Under podcast is your constant struggle of being pulled, feeling pulled, sorry, between Australia and home. And obviously that's something I can really resonate with. I was originally from the UK. I spent my whole adult life in Australia. I've got the passport for both. And it's that constant to and fro tag so for you fighting that battle every day you like I know that you're actually missing your best friend's wedding this summer I believe it is mm-hmm. and you know for all of us we've missed the birthdays the weddings the Christmases the funerals you know all of all of the events that happen in in life what is it that helps you get through each day knowing that you are missing those things at home What is it that's keeping you there every single day? Because there's got to be something. And I know you're saying about the the weather, the lifestyle, but it's it's more than that. Yeah, that's a really good question. And something that, you know, um, like I work as a teacher out here and I work in um, I teach teenagers and I have parent teacher evening a couple of times a year. And every so often I meet um, Irish parents who are in their 30s and every time they come in to talk about their child the next you know but as soon as you hear the accent we're not even talking about the child anymore we're talking about <laughs> how come you're still here and the one thing they always say to me is so how long are you planning on being here and I always say oh I'll maybe give it a, another year um, I don't know I miss home I, I feel like I should probably go home and settle down and and they laugh and they say, we said that too, you know, we came out on the working holiday visa and then next thing we're having kids here. And then we said, when, when the child's in primary school, we'll, we'll go home and now we have a teenager in high school. And it's that constant thing of like, I feel a massive guilt to go home all the time. Um, the longer you're out here as well, the harder it gets because you forget what your life was at home. Like, I really don't know how. I would ever settle back home again. Like my friends have all moved on. They've got a lot going on in their lives. A lot of them have children. Um, A lot of them live in England or Dubai or different parts of the world, Canada. And it's it's the family. Like every time I go on FaceTime, I see my family changing. I see them aging and you know, I'm missing big milestones. My dad's turning 60 now um, in a couple of weeks and I'm not there for that. And I think, you know, how quickly have these five and a half years gone? You know, what's not to say in a blink of the eye that I'm still here in another five and a half years? It's such a hard thing. And that one thing about um, before COVID was that security blanket of 
even if I wasn't ready to move home, I always had home to to pop over to and see everybody once a year. And with my amazing school holidays, with the summer over here, I was able to go home for a full month at Christmas. And it was amazing. And by the end of that, you know, I always say to everyone, give it four weeks at home because the first two and a half weeks, you're on a complete high. And by the time the fourth week comes along, you're ready to hop back on that flight to Australia. But we haven't had that. So we've been robbed of that the last year and it's making it even harder. And the guilt is on everyone's mind constantly every minute of every day. But what keeps me out here is I just feel it like there's something really special about Australia that I haven't found anywhere else in the world. I've traveled abroad. I've been to Thailand. I've lived in America for um, a summer and I lived in England but there is something I've never stayed so um, so long in one place and felt so at home. The Irish community out here is amazing. And there is a real sense of connection out here within the Irish community where, you know, I'm, I was at a lunch on Friday, a St. Patrick's Day lunch with 1200 Irish people. And it was people of all different generations, you know, people who came out here 50, 60 years ago on a boat, um, people with children here. There's a real community and a family connection that really keeps you grounded here. If you find the right people, you feel so at home and it's so important having an amazing job. Like I, if I didn't have the, the job that I have, I probably wouldn't be here as well. And within my school, there is the, the Irish connection where the sisters of charity, the nuns came over from Cork in Ireland and, and set up that school. So I do feel like I'm living and breathing Irish you know, air every single day. So I feel like it is a home away from home and it's famously um, known as the 33rd County. And that's where I got you know, the name for my podcast. It is another county down under, do you know? So um, that's really what it is. It's just right now, um, it feels like home. And until that moment goes, I'm okay here. But like I say, every day you feel the guilt. And especially with the year you've all had, you know, you even had last week with the shitty weather and, and all the rest. Like I feel so horrendously guilty for being here, especially during the pandemic when we are at such an advantage compared to the rest of the world. You feel guilty for living your life each day. You feel guilty ringing your family and they haven't left the house all weekend. You can hear the moods changing, you know, um, the upbeat personalities that would be in my house are very monotone. Um, you know, they've nothing to look forward to. There's nothing to talk about. The phone conversations are getting um, quieter and quieter and shorter because there's nothing to talk about. So I do feel more than ever there is a real sense of guilt from everyone living abroad about being away from home. It's funny because obviously, well, the majority of my friends were either living in Australia or have lived in Australia. We all do really understand that sort of pull. My best friend is still over there now. She's originally from Scotland. She's there with my my godchildren. Um, unfortunately, um, she lost her stepdad to COVID this year. Uh, whilst being stuck over there, she was pregnant. She went into labour a month early from the, the stress of, and the, the upset of it all. And she says all the time, I say to her, you know, maybe slightly insensitively, but you're in the best and most safest place you can be for your boys. And she's like, but I would give anything to be with my my mum. 
It's yeah. a tough one. And I think a lot of people are really feeling that pull because as much as we're seeing life go on as, you know, normal in Australia, people aren't sort of getting the undertone of the struggles that people are having because, yeah, you're living your life, but a huge part of your life, like you said, was being able to come home. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that, like that we physically cannot leave the country as um, an Australian citizen now. And when I was a permanent resident, you can only leave under, um, you know, emergency circumstances. And, you know, just like you said, it it's not even that easy. You might be able to get home for that person that's terminally ill or for that funeral, but you might not ever get back into Australia or you might not get back in anytime soon. Like there are mm. over, I think there's hundreds of thousands of Australians all over the world at the minute who are stranded back home um, and cannot get back. And, you know, we have um, students in our school whose parents are stuck in Britain because they, they've British families. They went over to visit family and they can't get back over. So it's a real sense of, yes, we know that worst case scenario, which you never want to think of, you could get home, but are you ready to give up that life? And um, it's a real, it's a, it's a tough thing. And like I said about, you know, you mentioned my, my best friend's wedding. I could get home for her wedding if I like pull out all the stops and, you know, maybe the restrictions ease a little bit, I might be able to find a way back. But I had to make the decision, like, am I ready to go home and give up my life here for one day? And it's a horrible thing that you have to put yourself in that position to do because it's your best friend's wedding. I've missed so many weddings abroad. I was meant to be bridesmaid three times. I'm cursed. Um, and every time I've had to say, look, I can't like it's it's too much to ask to go home. And this one wedding was the one that I said I would move to the, the end of the earth to get to it. So it's just happened now that I, I can't get to it, but she's very understanding. Um, it's just a tough year, but like, I really don't dwell on, I, I'm not burdened in any way. I am very lucky in, in the situation I'm in. And thanks be to God, my family are healthy and fine, but it is terrifying. It is so worrying. I feel like we're finally seeing a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, especially with back home in June. Um, Things are coming, fingers crossed, to a bit of an end, but it's just hard to know. Like we're coming back into winter now. We did um, 54 days straight without any COVID cases in New South Wales. And then there was one yesterday and it's just bringing that anxiety fuel. And it seems so silly, just one case, but for Australia, things go into lockdown whenever there's four cases, like they are very strict with things. And that one case has brought a lot of anxiety back to people because winter is coming into Australia and we're thinking, is this going to be the third wave? Cause we had a second wave last winter again. So it's just terrifying. It's just the unknown. But at least they do take action immediately. That's one thing I like. If Britain had followed suit, then maybe we wouldn't be oh in the situation that we're in now. So when we it's look crazy. at Australia, you think, well, at least, at least they did it right. And I get that they're very extreme, but also what's happened here is very extreme but to complete detriment to the people in the country mm. so you know anyway going away from COVID a little bit because <laughs> I think it's just like the main topic that everyone has just talked about so much this past year yeah. unfortunately another theme that comes through quite a lot I mean I had experienced it slightly myself uh definitely a lot of my friends have experienced it is the I would say difficulty in settling down in Sydney so it does feel like everyone's got Peter Pan syndrome 
<laughs> Nobody really wants to settle down. I feel like women have more of a pull to settle down than men anyway. And the fact that there's three women to every one man in Sydney, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it really doesn't put the odds in the, in the woman's favour. <laughs> With living in Sydney and that sort of looking to settle down, I think a lot of, a lot of women have got to make that kind of sacrifice of living their best life and having their career versus settling down and having marriage and kids Do you agree with what I'm saying there? Oh, it's a tough one. Do you know, up until I think about three or four weeks ago, I was under that impression. I don't know what has shifted or changed, but since becoming um, an Australian citizen, my mindset has changed. And the reason behind that is, and I've, I've touched on this in my podcast, was I went through a breakup out here. I came out here with my partner. We were together for the guts of six years nearly um, and the same thing happened to us where you um, you come out together with a dream and unfortunately the lifestyle that comes with living in Australia it tears relationships apart um, somebody once said to me Sydney is the graveyard for all relationships and I thought god it's not an awful way to look at things but um, it's an awful culture out here and it's one thing that I try and improve on within my events and with my community is the mental health of men in Australia because a lot of the expats come out here and they earn so much money and they end up just drinking the money at the weekend or you know worse drugs and there is a real uh, destructive community um, and lifestyle out here that comes with that So I do know so many people that have gone through that situation. And for me, I've gone through it as well. And it is, it's one of those things where I felt like I didn't know I had to rebuild my life right in Australia. And I didn't know if I wanted to be here on my own. I was absolutely heartbroken. And when you break up with someone abroad, it is 10 times harder than breaking up with someone at home because you can't just jump in your car and move home to be with your mummy or go down the road when you've had an argument and just have a cup of tea for a couple of hours and cool off. You're living in these small apartment buildings that are like shoe boxes and you're in each other's pockets. You rely on one another. You're one you're each other's family. Um, so it is very intense relationships. But when that ends your whole world is flipped upside down. You mean all of the friends you've known are mutual friends. You have to find somewhere new to live. You have to decide, I was working out whether I actually was happy in Australia by myself. So all of these things um, for me took two years for me to find happiness on my own. And for those two years, I felt like I hate men. Um, They're all Peter Pan's. They're on one big long holiday out here. I did a podcast um about single being single in Sydney. Yeah, I listened and we to touched that. on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear I have never had so many girls message me being like, oh my God, we all feel that way. And it's a horrible thing because it's like you say, there's three girls for every one man. And unfortunately, where we live in Bondi, I mean, you're surrounded by supermodels everywhere. Yeah. So no matter how much you feel confident in yourself, there is always that lack of confidence and um, body image that you have to live up to um, and compete against in ways. Um, So for girls, it is a really tough thing living abroad, especially in Sydney with the lifestyle that we have. Um, For me, I think it's taken me two years to realize that 
that shouldn't be my end goal and that shouldn't be all that matters for me obviously I cannot wait to have children and I can't wait to settle down but I felt like the last two years I put so much pressure on myself as a 29 year old girl to live up to the stereotypes of society I felt like I should have been married at 27 I should have a house back home and I should have three kids by now and that's something that we've always grown up with which is a really sad thing to say um but when I stood three weeks ago and got my citizenship which um was a really big thing for me because I nearly threw all that away because of a guy I nearly moved home because I was heartbroken and my life didn't matter without him um and I fought through those days to make it to that moment and everything changed in that moment for me where I kind of went shit like anything you want in your life you do not need a guy for that like you achieve everything by yourself you shouldn't have to have a man to validate how you feel about yourself you shouldn't have to have a man in order for you to be successful so for me it has changed now when I say about living in Australia and settling down I have seen my friends settling down over here and it is a very lonely uh, life to bring up kids. Now, it's an amazing opportunity. And again, you're you're weighing up, you know, the better lifestyle with the support of your family. And so many of my friends have children out here and they really only have one another, the support of their partner. And believe you me, not all men grow up when they have their babies out in Sydney. Um, Not that they grow up anyways when they have babies, but you would think, especially you living out here with the partying and the lifestyle, that when it comes to that point of having a child, they're going to settle down and they're going to relax. But I know so many girls that are doing what we all have done. You know, where's my boyfriend? Where's my partner? two days after he left to go to the bar and this time around she's got a toddler so it is a a very difficult thing and then when I talk with the parents at parent teacher night you know they say about they would just wish they had their mum to babysit and when it comes to nights out or a date night with their partner none of their friends want to uh, babysit because they're all in that mindset of they're still out partying and having a great time um I don't think I could do it I don't think you could, I mean, people do it and I see it, but I see the the things that they're missing out on. And I think with life, you know, you get one shot at it. And for me, family is everything. I think COVID has taught me that, that no matter how lavish a lifestyle you have and how amazing it looks on Instagram and how glamorous it is, what is life without your, your biggest support and your family beside you and for your family to see your kids grow up? So for me, I definitely would want to move home and... Um, I wouldn't choose that isolating parenting and it's not for everyone and that's me stereotyping but just the majority I've seen it is really tough out here for them. I mean one of the things one of the points you just made now was to not make a long-term choice on the short-term emotion you quite easily could have just packed up you went through the breakup obviously for all of us, we've been through that, like, oh my God, my life is over. What am I going to do? You know, I I can't live without this person. We all know we can all live quite successfully on our (laughs) own. So, you know, but then one of your, your second podcast with Mark Toner, he sort of said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, move home, give it like a month or two. Let's see, let's see how you're feeling the vibe after that. And, and that is the truth of it. Once you, once you spend an extended amount of time back in your home, like town or, or or county, you you really do think, oh, okay, so what's next? And I think if you were looking to have children in Australia, 
from my point of view, I think that they have a lot more opportunities over there. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. But from your, I'm, I am very big on family. I don't have children. I am married. My husband and I sort of have had that conversation. We, we, we're not going to have children, but he sort of said, if we were, there is no way he's Spanish, big sort of, you know, family mentality behind them. And he said, there's no way that I could bring my children up without the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, because he said, it's selfish. He said, you're being like, and I, we had many an argument over this, not that we're having a child, but the debate. And he said, you're being selfish because you're saying, yeah, but I don't care because I wouldn't want to live where the family are. But he's like, what about what's best for the child? And that's a really difficult one because you can build this incredible life overseas, but then when you do eventually meet someone and settle down and you you start a family, you you then have that guilt of what's your child missing out on? Yeah, it's a tough one. Like I, you've really hit the nail on the head with the opportunities that the children have over here. Like I walk into school in the morning and I am walking in and the tennis courts are full. The swimming pool is full. The kids are doing their lessons in the morning. Some of them get up at 4 a.m. to go rowing. Um, they come into class and you know they they're in classes all day and then they're going surfing so many of them like they learn how to swim in the ocean from a little age they they do um little nippers over here and I'm thinking all of these opportunities they spend their weekends hanging out on the beach they're not sitting in front of the tv like I was growing up glued to Nickelodeon um you know they're they're getting out there and they're living life to the fullest and they're very outdoorsy people and it is such a beautiful thing like we go camping with the school these kids are so fully equipped to go camping they've all the camping gear they've grown up in this lifestyle where they holiday where they live it's just a really beautiful lifestyle and I, I we always say it god what a place to bring up your kids what a place but it's the exact same thing where you're saying about the cousins and the networking and, and so many of the Irish families that I've met over here say to me, you know, that they make a um, a real effort to go home at least once every two years and bring their kids home. And they say the guilt when they see their kids playing in the fields with their cousins and loving the Irish summer or the English summer and then having to take them away and bring them back over here. And they say, you know, that should have been their life. But again, we really do. And Mark Toner is very good at doing this with me. You know, we over, we over glamorize home and we, we say it in a very, we look at it with rose tinted glasses. And yes, we're there for that short period of time. And it's always, like I say, I'm the patron saint of Ireland when I live away. And I'm like, God, there's no place like home. And Ireland's the most beautiful place in the world and I am so Irish in my blood but when I was there I hated it like I didn't want to be there I was miserable I felt really out of place I felt like I didn't belong there um I felt like I couldn't connect with a lot of people I didn't like the mindset the the gossip the negativity and the mood we only we only ever talked about you know what the weather was that day I just felt like for me it wasn't where I wanted to be but you forget that when you're out here and we do it with everything. We do it with breakups. We think about all the good times instead of the shitty times. It's like you, whenever you come back from Australia, you only think of those amazing times, but you forget about those times when you're dragging your groceries up the road by yourself and you've like 40 kilos worth of groceries. And all you want is to be able to hop in your car and drive down the road. You know, it's all of those little things 
that you forget and we definitely do that so Mark's very good at bringing me back down to reality every time I think oh god and whenever I did make that decision um not to go home for my best friend's wedding and my citizenship fell you know the week after I feel at peace I feel like I'm turning 30 in August I don't have a boyfriend I don't um know when I'm going to get married or have babies my body clock is definitely something I think about. It was literally, I could hear it ticking inside my bloody head every day until about three or four weeks ago. And I just feel right now, like I love the saying, let go and let God. And I just think like, that's a really good way to, to, to live life. And, you know, I'm very good at giving this advice, but not great at taking it. And recently I've just started to take it and, be at peace now I'll probably panic when it comes to my 30th again but you know <laughs> that's life <laughs> even talking to you today I can see that mindset shift oh. <laughs> it's obviously I've listened to your podcast and that has always been the underlying tone it was the thing that made me want to connect with you to say look like Caroline I I hear this struggle no matter what the topic is no matter who you're speaking to you'll always say you know it's a comment about that that tug of war of living abroad versus living at home. And actually today you don't seem like that at all. You <laughs> completely different, which is great. That you know, it's changed. Really, really great yeah. to see. And I do think that doing your citizenship ceremony and getting that passport has probably brought you that sense of comfort. I remember for mm. a long, long time in Australia. I mean, I ended up, I was settled down there. I was in a long-term relationship. I moved north. I set up my own business. I studied there. For a long time there, though, I felt like kind of I was playing at life. I don't know if you if that would resonate with you. So it was like, yeah, you've got this job and you've got this lifestyle. But, you know, do, do I really live in Australia? And I, it took a lot for me. And I had to make that sort of decision to go, right, OK, this is my home now. And I think once you are strong enough and brave enough to say this is my home now, you will put... 150% into it. That's when I went off. I studied, I set up my business. I, you know, bought a nicer car and I, I sort of made a bigger, bigger life commitment to Australia, but it, it takes that, that mindset shift in your head before. And, and it's, it's getting over that guilt of knowing that you need to make that mindset shift. Because I would always say to my, my friends, family, whoever, when I spoke to them, oh yeah, well, you know, I'll be home like soon. Like maybe I'll come home next year. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, actually now I'm, I live here. And I, I did, like I said, I did pretty much the majority of my adult life over there. And I made the decision to come home quite quickly actually. And, and, and sort of it being on the cards for a while. And then I did do it on, unfortunately my grandfather passed away whilst I was at home on holiday and I ended up staying and no regrets. You know, I've got a beautiful life here. I've settled down. I've got a nice home. I've got a lovely husband, but now I still have that pull to go back to Australia. So it's almost like I can't make the commitment to my life here, which sounds strange. Yeah. You've got a mortgage and you've gotten married, but you know, I'm constantly in my husband's ear. Like, so when we going back, where are we going yeah. next? What's happening? I can't stay here. And he's like, okay, but your life's not that bad. And yet he lived in the Middle East. So for him, it's a big, big sort of change as well. But he's like, your life's not that bad here, you know, but I've always got that thing of I'm struggling to make that commitment to be fully present in my life. Isn't it funny? I um, that is always my biggest fear. I think there is something special with Australia that never leaves your heart. And since starting this podcast, I have had so many messages from people all over, um, you know, who've gone home from Australia and 
they feel the exact same. And like some of them like are messaging me and they left 10, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they and they say the exact same. And it's one of those things where it's trying to to find happiness within. And I think that is the downside of social media is that people more than ever, like all eyes are on Australia at the minute. Everyone sees it because of the way that we are pretty much um, normal in compared to the rest of the world with the pandemic. And it's really front and center for people and it's really in their face. And all you have to do is lift your phone and it's right there. Whereas I think, you know, if this was 10 years ago, would people still feel that way or would they be at peace at home? And I think, you know, for you, you've got a beautiful life at home um, yourself. You've got a great house. There's ones that have left very suddenly um, because of COVID or because of a death or they they went home for a wedding and they didn't get back. And they are really like, they can't seem to to be in the moment at home. And I every time I get these messages of people saying, you know, I'm struggling with depression, I can't get back to Australia or I'm not happy here. I always reinforce exactly what we said, you know, I would give anything to be there with my family. And these are moments you'll never get back in your life. Yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, you can't do anything. Yes, you're stuck in the house with your family. But what an amazing time to be alive that you have this opportunity where your family's not rushing out the door, where they're not all all over the world, where you're all together, you're sitting every evening. Yes, you might be 30, 32, 33, whatever, and you're sitting living with your family, but you would never have done this otherwise. And you will look back on this and think, wasn't that amazing that I had that quality time? And we're all yearning for that over here. So it's there's more than meets the eye and there's a lot more to Instagram, you know, posts and, and highlights. And I love to really emphasize that about don't believe everything you see. <laughs> I do think that this year, like you said, I think it has brought about actually in some ways a positive mindset shift for people here because they've learned to start appreciating the little things. And one of the, the key things about life in Australia is actually enjoying the little things, getting outside, you know, going for a walk, going for a run, maybe training outside, whatever it might be. People have started to do that. They've actually started to spend time outside over here, which is, you know, a miracle for, for British mentality. And even if it's not maybe the best weather, um, my mum came at me with a good saying the other day and she said something along the lines of it's um, it's never the wrong weather, it's just the wrong clothing. And I thought, yeah, like that is literally that. it. And, you know, yeah. me and my husband, we, we are outdoorsy people. My husband particularly is. So we will, even if it's not a warm day, we, we will light the fire pit outside, we'll rug up, we'll sit there with a glass of wine and we'll make the most of being outdoors. People have had that mindset change and that sort of shift over here where they're starting to appreciate the smaller things and actually things as simple as going for a walk, maybe socially distanced, but going for a walk with your friend when you're allowed and, and stuff like that. And when you're go, go, go all the time, whatever country that might be in, you don't sort of get to sit back and reflect on the joy of the, the really simple things in life. I think it really is um, like, obviously a lot of people have died and it's been horrendous in that sense. But for those of us, um, that are are still here I think it is 
a blessing that we we all needed this in our lives and we needed to slow down and we needed to realize what was important like if you think of all of that time during lockdown how many of those clothes in your wardrobe did you lift out or did you pick the same hoodie and tracks of bottoms every day you know how much do we really need in life and what's important and it boils down to family and nature like the main things that you need in life are fresh air and good company and that's all that there really is to it so I think it has been a blessing and hopefully moving forward now that we never lose that sense of you know I hope that people at home do continue to to go out for sunrises and um like my dad we live right along the sea at home and my dad is an early morning person and he said you know I can't believe it Caroline I'm seeing people out for sunrise like scattered across the beach in the mornings like that has never happened in in all of his 60 years he's never seen that outside our house and that's what you want people to actually start to to look at life differently oh a million percent but I do think that that has that change has come about now that has been like a real mindset shift do you think that because I mean generally being over in Australia your friends do become your family you they are the family you choose definitely do you think that over there now because people haven't been able to get home people have pulled together a lot more you've got each other's backs a lot more and you're maybe more aware of the support that each other needs because you can't just go home when there's an issue yeah I've never seen it um as much as I have in the last year um I struggled with friendships out here it is uh, I don't know if you've ever read that book Lost Connections it really uh, resonates with me it's such a good book it just talks about big city life and how you might be in the busiest place in the world and it can be the loneliest you know I don't know my next door neighbors in my apartment block but I know all of the people that live in my hometown if I got into a taxi at home and said to the taxi man take me home he'd know where to go you know everybody knows one another and there's a great sense of community whereas when I first came out here there really was that isolating sense and I felt that from myself as well even being in a relationship that it was a lot harder to make friends out here um, no matter how much I tried um so the last year um I really noticed that when I started the podcast where people were reaching out to me um you know, I'm sometimes people that I've known out here for years that you wouldn't have heard from before. And they were saying, I'm struggling too. And I think it just takes one person to say, this is really hard, um, especially living abroad for everyone to say, oh, okay. Um, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. And I have noticed, like, I mean, the last six months of this podcast for me has shown me what a strong sense of community has come around with um, the pandemic. And, you know, I said one day, on my podcast um you know if people are really struggling I'm gonna start a sunrise Uh, I'm gonna be down there um like a sunrise club and I thought nobody will bloody come but that's fine I'm gonna go anyways because there's nothing else to do all the bars are closed and 50 people turned up on the first one and then it's just grown into this massive community of people and like I have volunteers that um, want to be part of it that you would never have got a year ago and it's all because people are really wanting to connect more than ever before they want to feel a sense of purpose because they don't have their family they want to feel connected and to have regular faces in their lives you know whereas before we would have just gone to bars make made best friends with people in the toilets and probably never seen them again but now it's about the genuine friendships the long-term ones and it's it's quite a nice time for us abroad because you are so used to people leaving 
and moving on or moving to different states. Whereas we have had this constant same group of people and community for the past year. There's been no fresh meat that has come in and everyone gets to know each other. Sometimes that's not the best thing whenever you're looking for a man and there's no one new coming in. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's actually been a really lovely time for everyone and the, the whole community has pulled together um, to support one another and support local businesses. Been fantastic. I can remember um, one of my best friends who now lives back in the UK saying you talking about that feeling of loneliness, but not wanting to admit it and and sort of social media being a bit of a, a bit of a mask to hide behind because she'd put she, she still remembers it to this day. And she said, I put a picture up of the most beautiful beach view and everyone on social media back home at the time was, oh, my God, you're so lucky. Da, 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 da. She said, I was sat there crying. Should I oh. so lonely? I felt such disconnect in my life. I was sat there crying. But, you know, and at that point, we did have a friendship group, but it wasn't, I guess, as tight. And now the the people that I made friends with in Australia, I've got a group of girlfriends. Some are there, some are here, some are somewhere else. But that group of girlfriends, they really became like family. And like you said, uh, for me, it was definitely a bit of a different journey. I, I, I had a lot of people that I used to hang out with, but I would have called them more acquaintances than friends. It did take me a while to make that solid friendship group, but the only way I did it was by putting myself out there and being vulnerable, being honest, being open. And then you find that that draws, you know, like for like, and people will start opening up. But from a much bigger scale with the work you've done, you've encouraged a lot of people to open up. Whereas for us, it was just, you know, a small group of girls that was like, fuck, this is really hard. You know, like we, <laughs> we need each other. You've now said, look, actually, this is really difficult, guys. So it's, and and that is the ongoing theme of life in general, I think, no matter where you are in the world. So you said, it's really, really difficult, guys. Let's pull together. Well, you're not in this alone. So if you would like some company, you know, you're in work generally Monday to Friday. If you'd like some company on the weekend, know that we're here for you. And now obviously you've done that all over Australia and I believe back home as well. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it started off just as a, a little thing, like the whole the whole thing that's happened is is pretty overwhelming. I, I just did a 15 minute podcast and I'd never done a podcast before. I didn't think anything of it. I never thought what would come from it. And um, it stemmed from one sunrise on a Saturday morning to um, Saturday morning, every Saturday, all year round in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Melbourne. Um, there's girls in New Zealand that want to do it. I've had girls message me in Dubai and people back home in my hometown um, and England are wanting to do it. And I'm thinking, God, like I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Like the sun has always been there. You know, I'm just saying, let's get together. And I suppose it's, it's shown people and that's the amazing thing about social media because I hate the negativity like that comes from social media and I wanted to make sure that I made a platform that was there for people and supported people it wasn't just bikini pictures or making people feel shitty about their lives because of my life out here I wanted to put it out there that you know we're all in this together and um, you know if you're struggling you're not on your own regardless of what it is you're going through whether it's you're struggling with COVID maybe you've got depression maybe you're going through a breakup whatever it is or you're feeling like you're lost in your life and your career and it's just I think the thing with with these are and why your podcast is so great as well is 
we're just real people being honest. And, you know, we're not the Joe Rogans getting on the, the big mass of celebrities. We're just talking about everyday life things that people resonate with and that they know that, okay, I'm not on my own because I'm feeling that way. And it's been amazing. I can't really believe how it's all taken off. Um, and, you know, it started with just a couple of girls, but my main thing was to try and make a community of guys and stuff. So in order for me to, to get guys on board and make it look like it wasn't just a girl's thing to do, I had to introduce the boat parties. Um, so we've been doing the boat parties and that was a way of me trying to let guys know this is a thing for everybody. And now they've started turning up to the sunrises on a Saturday morning. And it's just such an amazing feeling. Like, it's just, it's so cool that, I mean, I just said, let's go to sunrise. I mean, anyone could have said it and it's just taken off and it's become a bit of a movement. And that's what the, the goal is like, is to make it a movement, to make people feel, you know, that they've started their week off on a more positive mindset than they would have with a hangover or, you know, maybe the fall night with their boyfriend or they, they feel alone in somewhere in the world that they have a safe place that they can come to and sit and know that they're not alone. So it's been amazing. <laughs> It is amazing. What you've done is absolutely incredible. I find it interesting that you just said then about getting guys on board, even for me, getting guys to open up and connect with women. Fine line, because they're like, basically guys, bless them, will kind of generally be like, oh, cute girl, maybe I'll go and see what's going on. And it's like, no, I'm trying to steer her away from that and just yeah, community. So this isn't, you know, don't get me wrong. I know you've done your, your like matchmaking hookups and stuff, and that's great. But but as a whole, you just want that community of men and women being able to integrate together without making it too masculine or too girly. It's, it's a, you've literally nailed the line. You did it very, very well, but it was a very, it's a very difficult one to pull together. So it's yeah. nice to that more guys are getting involved and it's not just like women's world, basically. Yeah, it's really nice and something that really needs to be targeted out here. Like I say, the mental health, especially within the male community is very detrimental um so it's something that I've been wanting to achieve and I felt like I was kind of going against my grain of what I was trying to achieve because I'm putting people on a boat and fueling them with alcohol but I I made sure that you know it was a place where they could connect and then within that um you know that party that I was saying so will I see you at sunrise on Saturday and they're like all right, then I'll go, you know, so that's like, that's where it all comes to. The events are once a month, but the sunrise is every Saturday and we all love a bit of a party. You know, I'm not going to say that I don't drink alcohol, but it's about having a better balance out here. And we do get in that um, lifestyle of it's one big holiday. And I have seen people out here who've been here 10, 15 years, and I'm sure you've seen it too, who don't know when to call it a day with the party and, and they're still in the bar 10 years on and they're the guys the lonely men that are sitting at the edge of the bar they've you know they don't have a wife because they messed up that relationship because of the lifestyle they're sitting in the bar on a Tuesday night having their dinner because they've no one to go home to so I just want to try and minimize that as much as possible within the community of expats out here yeah, a million percent, because it is you can get carried away with that and not be able to sort of rein it back in. And particularly for men, when they're not speaking up about their issues, they're not connecting with other people on a level about their issues. It, they do kind of just get swept away and then things can go very, very wrong for them then, unfortunately. 
Well, look, we'll look to start wrapping things up now because I've just taken up so much of your time already. And no, I'm not at all. <laughs> I could literally talk to you about this for forever. Aww. But do you want to give us a little bit of, of what the future might potentially hold for you now moving forward, Caroline? Oh, God, what? where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> the future for me, look, I absolutely love being a teacher. It is my passion and it is something that I've always, always wanted to do and without my teaching I wouldn't be where I am today I feel like I give the kids life lessons every day in lesson so it's just little mini versions of my podcast every day in lesson but for me I really want to continue um, connecting with people abroad I want to make this community bigger I want to make it a global thing I want it to be something that wherever you go in the world that there is some sort of a county down under base that you can go to to know that you're not alone and that you'll get the same service and same friendships that you would if you had come to the one in Sydney where I am so that's the plan and I'm in talks with a lot of companies about where we go from here but the hardest part is finding the balance and trying to do all of these things like I'm working full-time at the minute and then I'm coming home in the evenings and doing this so I'm trying to balance all of these things and remember to take care of myself I'm very good at helping others and I end up burning the candle at both ends. So um, moving forward, I need to learn to, to look after myself because somebody said to me yesterday, which is a really good saying, and I hadn't heard it in a long time. You know, it's like you're putting the life, jack- life jackets on everyone else except yourself. And you're the one that's mm-hmm. sinking. And I thought, shit, like, it's so true. Like whenever, you know, they say about a crash landing or whatever, you're meant to put your mask on you before you put it on anyone else. And so that's what I'm trying to trying to learn to do. But everything's going so amazing. Um, there's talks with some businesses about, you know, broadening this and making this a bigger thing. And it's very exciting. So stay tuned. Watch this face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, thank you so much, Caroline, for joining me today. It means a lot to me. I'm sure it'll mean a lot to all the people that listen to the show who are Aww. struggling with being stuck abroad or torn about living abroad versus moving home. So really do appreciate you being so open and honest with us today. Thank you for having me. And it's so glad to finally see your lovely face. I've been listening to your soothing voice, (laughs) your soothing voice and your voice notes. I was like, oh my God, this is just lovely. So congratulations on all the success of the podcast. And I am sure one day soon we'll be able to have a drink together. A massive final thank you again, guys, for tuning in, not just for today's show, but for supporting me all the way through season one. And also a really big thank you to Caroline for joining me on the podcast today. If you haven't already done so, then don't forget to subscribe or click follow on whatever platform you're listening on so you guys can be first in line for the first episode drop of season two. If you want to connect with Caroline or check out a County Down Under podcast, then go on to my Instagram, Grown Up Hustle Podcast where you'll find Caroline and her show tagged on the grid. Whilst you're there, don't forget to give us both a follow and keep up to date with all the show's topics and events. So it's a final goodbye for me for the end of season one. And thank you again, all of you from the bottom of my heart. Without you guys supporting me, there would be no podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. I love you guys all heaps and I will catch you all soon.